Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to Hoovering, the podcast about eating. I'm Jessica Fosterkew. I love eating as much as anything else in the world, but also it sometimes brings me conflict, shame and all sorts of other things that are rubbish. It's complicated and I think fascinating. This is a conversation with an interesting soul, not just about food, but about gobbling it up, or if you will, hoovering. Hey, mighty bastards. This one's an absolute Christmas cracker. Not really. It's got nothing to do with Christmas. It's just a particularly awesome guest. It's none other than comedian, author and celebrity MasterChef alumni Katie Brand. First, though, remember to know that I'm really grateful to you for listening to Hoovering, for enjoying to eat things and for telling anyone else about the podcast. One surefire way to do that, even without having anyone to tell, is to subscribe and to give it a five-star review. If you're up for helping with actual money money, uh, you can go to supporter.acast.com forward slash hoovering and there you'll be able to give like a one-off amount, maybe like a fiver, Christmas fiver, to the podcast. Or if you want to support us in a more regular way, go to patreon.com forward slash the hoovering pod and you can give anything from two quid a month in exchange for very cool podcast related special things uh, just for you loads of exclusive content especially around this time of year um, as a special for example um, birthday episode that's just for patrons every month every patron gets a bunch of guest recipes that this month included a hand-drawn recipe from peep shows Izzy sooty <laughs> also if you want to try odd box which is a fruit and veg box i get full of wonky stuff that's been rejected by supermarkets often just for being too big and beautiful um, you can get a tenner off your first box um this is for london and surrounding areas only sadly um with a link it's either in the 
at the Hoovering Pod Twitter biog, or it's in the podcast notes as ever, and it makes your first box only a few quid. They're amazing, I think, odd box. Right, let's have this episode. It's a really merry one because Katie is so clever and so funny. We met for breakfast over the Zooms, as is the modern way. We had a boiled egg on toast, lads. Katie's choice, coincidentally, my most commonly had brekkie anyway. I love it. We pimped them to our own specifications, though, as you'll hear. Also, listen out for a really brilliant tip from Katie for jazzing up your bolognese's. I've not even unpeeled my... I've done two eggs because I was bloody hungry. Oh, that's good. Um, And I've not even cracked them open yet. And I should pretend it's because I wanted the the beautiful sound of a, a... boiled egg getting peeled on the podcast but really it's because i'm a disorganized motherfucker (laughs) and i'm as ever late to my own podcast well my my food has been ready for two hours oh no i was back here i had the food technician in at dawn uh just to give it a light spray of that stuff that they put on to make it look extra glossy on telly you know what i mean yeah so i've had i've been sat here you know i've got a couple of special drops of some sort of elixir in my tea to make it gleam. I've got a, I've even got a napkin. So, <laughs> oh, you, have you really got a napkin? Yes, I have got a napkin. Jesus, you and are I, swanky. I thought you took this seriously. That's I, all I'm saying. Okay, well, I live and learn. I've turned up napkinless. <laughs> I've got a bit. I've got some receipts, some scrap paper, some terrible oh, ideas, no, no, no. some doodles. Yeah, this is bad, isn't it? All right, well, we'll just crash through it as best we can. Yes, we'll just get on. If you can... (laughs) Um, uh, We are having a hob... Well, a boiled egg on toast. Yes. Your choice. Boiled eggs of varying softness. Of varying softness. I am a... This is... If I'm... I I was so joyful when you chose this. Mm -hmm. Um. Because everyone picks a cake or a pastry or a biscuit, and I'm not a sweet tooth, I'm a salt tooth, and I basically have this every day. Yes, yes, I do as well. I love it. I I, I like it with a bit of um, salt and a few sprinkling of dried chives. Um, if I'm feeling posh or sort of grown up, yeah. um, if I'm not, then I just squirt tomato ketchup all over it. <laughs> Yum! <laughs> I love tomato ketchup. Oh, ketchup yes. is great. I've had, a, I've refound my love of that in recent years. I think it's yes. one of those things that, for all, for silly reasons, I just didn't have very often. And now, because I have a kid who's you know obsessed with it, mm. actually, I've rediscovered how amazing it is. Also, a little squirt in a if you're cooking a chili or a spaghetti or a bolognese just yeah. a little squirt in there yeah. and, and then you need to let it cook off so it doesn't just immediately if you taste it immediately after you're going to go oh my god I've just ruined <laughs> and now all I can taste is ketchup but if you just stir it and leave it for a bit it's quite a nice little pep up ingredient I think that's an amazing idea and do you know what so many people like you know swanky swanky food lords like mm-hmm. chefs I think they call themselves sometimes but like mm-hmm. you know foodie types talk about putting you know, tomato puree is like a classic, but also mm. a little bit of sugar in those sauces, those bolognese, yeah. those red sauces. So actually what you're doing is killing two birds with one stone there, sticking exactly. a squirt of ketchup in, aren't you? Exactly. Squirt of ketchup. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. I'm, Marco Pierre White talks quite lovingly about ketchup, oh. possibly more lovingly than he's ever talked about any of his wives or his own children. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sounds like a man. I'm chef. not casting any aspersions. The man is a noted chef, so that's fine. Um, 
unless you're any of his wives or his children. But he's always been very keen on ketchup as, you know, don't don't sniff at it. You well, know. there we go. There we yeah, go. There go. An, an amazing, brilliant Grace Dent once wrote an amazing article that was like an ode to beige food. I don't oh, think yes. all chefs are food snobs. Um, right, I'm going smoked salt because I'm a wanker. That's all right. I've, I've, kept I've never my, tried um, smoked salt. Oh, before. haven't you? It was a no. gift. I got like a because I'm a, I'm really into salt. I'm, I'm and 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 not that bothered about living very old. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I am. The older I get, the more you get bothered, don't you? Actually, but I uh, look, you, the more you notice, I find. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I appear not to be invincible. Hold on. I actually only really truly realised and admitted to myself about three years ago that I was actually going to die at some point. <laughs> I mean it. It was like a moment of actual realisation where I thought, oh, oh no, that really is going to happen at some point. I've always think I had in the back of my mind that at a a key point I'll be able to just talk my way out of it or just sort of defer it a bit and see where we are in a couple of months. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Like I just had this sort of faith in myself that I'll I'll get through it. We'll muddle Mm. through it. It'll be okay. We'll come to some sort of arrangement or a compromise. And yeah. then it just really hit me. No, that is the tr- only true inevitability of my life. Amazing. Yeah, we've gone deep early. We've gone deep early. It, it, this and is I think, what happens I think if I delay if, I my breakfast. Pa- yeah, same. And my coffee. <laughs> 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 I think a pandemic will do that, won't it? Give you that yes. kind of slap. <laughs> yes. uh, th- th- lots of like, you know, just any massive philosophical realisation. Like I remember getting a, I read a book at school in my A-levels, I was doing philosophy, religion and ethics. And I read a book, is it called Sophie's World? Or yes. If, yeah. And it's basically a kind of introduction to philosophy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And um, there's a bit where she's talking about, where it talks about children being born on the tip of the rabbit's fur, if you're rabbits in the middle of the whole universe mm-hmm. and everything is all around it and they can see the whole universe and they're in, they're in awe of it like they're in awe of everything. And the older you get, the further down the rabbit's fur you slip into comfort but relative darkness. Mm-hmm. And wow. that made me wow. like, I remember, well, I've obviously never forgotten it. That was um, no. 20 years ago. <laughs> and yeah, now I'm like, amazing. I think about that all the time and think about that like, Whoa, we are tiny, aren't we? One tiny specks in the universe, yeah. and two like open your eyes. I know. Try and, and stay been, in the light. I've been trying to understand quantum physics. What? Yeah, I have, um, with limited success, but not so little success that it, it sort of put me off entirely. I'm very, very bad at maths. Very, very bad at maths, um, and. Uh, and, and, but I have been, but I've always been interested in astronomy. And wow. um, since I've been doing, sometimes I get to do this show called The Infinite Monkey Cage on Radio <gasps> Four. Oh, it's a yeah. brilliant show! It's so great, and um, with Ryan Fox and Robin Ince, and yeah. I get to be the sort of one that doesn't know much about science, but <laughs> is a sort of curious and enthusiastic amateur. That's my sort of um, vibe on the show. Yeah, but your um, your you, your inclusion in the show will be the only reason I can enjoy listening. If you know what well, I mean. Well, yeah, like, I'm the know. filter. Yeah. Where I just basically go and go, sorry, what? That's basically what. I'm, sorry, hang on. Um, but um, but that has sort of reignited over the last few years my old interest in this these things, and I've just tried to go deeper and a bit more complicated than really I'm comfortable with or qualified to do. Wow! But it has been really really fascinating. Just yes, how deep 
and coming, as you say, coming back up the rabbit's fur and trying to climb back up to the tip to just reach yeah. out again and try and understand something a little bit has left me really excited, actually. And, oh, and there's filled wow. some quite sort of bleak moments during all this business that we've been going through. That's um, incredible. Yeah. And, and even though, like I say, I have to read every sentence five times and then I, I forget it all immediately and have to start again. I've read whole chapters realizing only two-thirds of the way through that I read that exact chapter the previous night um, <laughs> so it's been slightly tough going. <laughs> but just for brief moments you grasp yeah. it and it just goes oh my god you wow. know that's, yeah that and your whole consciousness expands and then you kind of get distracted and it contracts back down again but even just those moments are quite you know quite thrilling it feels like a sort of morally fine, studious version of a kind of mescal or yeah. LSD experience, doesn't it? Yeah. Like, kind of like the synapses going, wow, 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 yeah. there's all this extra stuff. And then yeah. and that was all we could cope with for a minute. And, and I've always yeah. wanted to try LSD and I've always been too scared. Yeah, and the only too. circumstances under which I want to try it are under heavy medical supervision because I'm literally the, <laughs> the least cool person. <laughs> Do you want some acid at Glastonbury? Absolutely not. No, thank you. I Do want to be strapped want... to a padded... <laughs> yeah room um, I want to be in a nice clinic in the Netherlands with a kind of a glass wall with a lot of medics behind it observing me that's that's those are the circumstances I, under which I want to have very thing. nice but oh, I, I know exactly what you mean though but that brain expanding thing and when people yeah. have tried it under those conditions they often talk about being part of a great flow and a great river yeah and yeah Bill Hicks's thing, wasn't it? Mm. We are all one consciousness. Mind you, I think lots of religions go with that as well, don't they? Yes. Um, anyway, how's your eggs? Yeah. <laughs> Egg break. Egg break. So, I feel so, like I've really shot my load <laughs> way too early. Yeah. It's going to be the shortest episode I've ever put out. That's it. That's all I've got, Jess, to be honest. <laughs> We've covered life, death, and quantum physics, and I we've barely eaten an egg. Under 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mmm. <laughs> well, an egg yeah. is like a little universe in itself, I always think. Yep. That I'm eating. <laughs> I'm eating up. Oh, it's so good. The, I love I eggs. I think they're eggs quite divisive, like... aren't they? If people hate them, they really hate them. Mm. And if people love them, they panic without them. Well, people can get quite squeamish about eggs, which I understand. Mm. Yeah. And also the welfare of hens and things is very important. Oh, yeah, that's fair but enough. I do think eggs are like miracles. And you can yeah. do anything with an egg. egg. Eggs make almost everything nicer. And it's you can make a cake with an egg. You can just eat an egg. Yeah. You can put it in something savoury. I mean, you can put one in your pocket for later. <laughs> <laughs> That makes me think of boiled eggs. We would have them, they'd get hard boiled and then cooled mm. and then they'd be part of long car journey picnics. Yes. I've got memories of sitting on picnic benches on horrible, you know, the just off the verge of motorways yes. and cracking Eating. them open. And, yeah. My love of boiled eggs, I think, started when I was very little and I had to go to hospital mm. um, to have um, grommets put in my ears. And um, I had to stay two nights. And on the first day, they brought a, a breakfast trolley around the children's ward. And I was nil by mouth that day because oh, it was my God. operation. So I, and I saw that there were boiled eggs on this trolley. 
Um, and uh, I was so upset that I couldn't have a boiled egg. I, I think I was maybe about six. Oh. Um, and, uh, and, and so I was promised the next morning after my operation, I wouldn't be nil by mouth anymore. And therefore I could have whatever I wanted for breakfast. So I woke up the next morning and my grandma had come to pick me up actually. Because, um, my parents were busy. I had a baby sister and all of this. And um, she, uh, I wasn't nil by mouth. She came to collect me and round came the breakfast trolley. And so this much anticipated moment had now arrived. And that morning, there were no boiled eggs on the <gasps> breakfast trolley. Oh, God. I know. It's a story. So I thought your <laughs> nana was going to say, no, we've got to go. We can't hang no. around for a boiled egg. You can have a boiled egg any day. We've got to go. And you would have to be like, oh, I'm reached out to the eggs. As no, they no, no. Past. There were just none there. None there that day. Whoa. And um, my grandma, I think I'm, I can't quite remember. I remember how I felt. But I must have really not contained my reaction. <laughs> From that time on, whenever I stayed at my grandma's house for the night, she would always ensure with quite a lot of sort of emphasis that there would be boiled eggs in the morning. <laughs> without fail, without fail. And so, yes, it sort of became a thing like, you know, when you realise when you're old enough, you can have a boiled egg whenever you want. Yeah. And I think well, that sort of continued through day. adulthood. Yeah, yes. I can have a boiled egg every day if I want. I always give thanks oh. to the egg. <laughs> always oh I say, thank it. you egg this is thank you're a good you, meal egg. yeah you're a good egg that's you're where it came egg. from your story yeah, yeah. that's the actual that's etymology of the phrase yeah if i ever um, became a sort of marvel superhero like egg woman um, <laughs> <laughs> again you've gone for the coolest story. the coolest yes. option there haven't you egg woman, <laughs> egg woman. <laughs> That's my origin story there. You get at least a couple of prequels out of that. Wouldn't you? <laughs> yes, you would. Or what came first, the prequel mm. or the sequel? Exactly. The prequel. But yeah, well, who knows? We don't know. We don't know. It's different, different series, different things. Um, oh, amazing. And you prefer yours, did you say medium? I quite like the medium. Medium. Yes. So what's the state of your yoke? I don't really know what medium means is what I'm saying. It means... It's not a totally runny yolk like you'll get with a soft boiled egg. Right. Fine. It has, um, I will try to convey it with the image that I sent you, okay. but it, it kind of is a bit more solid around the edge of the yolk, but mm. it's still, when you cut into it, there's still some runoff in the middle. Yeah. That's what Got I would it. say. Got yes. it. I am, um, I'm just slightly rarer mm -hmm. in the dream situation where it's like, it doesn't, it's not just liquid when you open it, but it mainly is. Right. It's just hardening around the edge. There's maybe I like, like that. a millimetre and a half mm -hmm. of the light orange stuff around the edge. Um, mm. and, but and that's quite moment, hard to put. You've got, that's quite tricky mm. to peel and keep it intact, isn't it? You've got to be quite careful. Yes, it is. They're a bit wibbly wobbly. You can get a thumb through it and then, you know, the whole thing's got yolk, yolk down your hand and that's never oh. a good look. Horrific. It's one of those things where when my son's like, can I, can I do that? Um, can I have a go at peeling that? I still just say no, no. no. Every, every other son's aspect of... Um, 22 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I call myself a feminist. How old is your son? <laughs> He's five years old. Oh. <clears throat> I desperately want him to be interested in preparing all... F I mean, he's interested in baking. Mm -hmm. But he, mm. I want him to be into cooking. Um, but, and I'm trying to be like brave and let him use a big knife and 
stuff like that. But mm -hmm. it, I don't mind. The worst thing is I'm less concerned about him having a, a minor physical accident because I think he'd learn from that and that's that mm -hmm. than I am about him wasting delicious food. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, as ever, some absolutely grade A parenting from me. My son's got a little IKEA kitchen, like a toy oh, kitchen. Wicked. Yeah, mine's those? got one, but from Lidl. Yeah. 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 It's basically the same. They're I've brilliant. just had. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the, um, uh, yeah, he loves cooking on that. And I have to be quite, I, I think to him it must be seem entirely arbitrary what he can have from the kitchen to cook with and what he can't have. But yeah. in my mind, there's just very, I mean, he can have like half a cup of flour, but he now is completely baffled as to why he can't have three eggs. But yeah. the eggs are precious. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, he does, it's nice to see, he does really get into it. He likes a little kind of few bits of pasta and he puts it in and he likes, he says, oh, mummy, I want to make it spicy and he can have a little teaspoon, half a teaspoon of turmeric and things like that. Oh, he, good lad. I know. That he sounds like he's making something. Yeah, really nice. Yum, mm. yum for everyone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, oh, I love it. Yeah, I love all the pretend, the pretend cooking. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about, uh, well, first of all, because the, the most topical thing I want to talk about is you've recently just raised 50 grand in two days. A hundred thousand. What, what, what? Yeah. Oh my, well, I, what I loved about the news coverage of it, when I, just peeling across two pages of sort of internet searches was, it, it starts with, Katie Brandt has has uh, has raised two thousand pounds in ten seconds. She has raised twenty thousand pounds in twelve hours. She has raised fifty thousand pounds in two days. And like, so obviously now I'm behind the curve. A hundred grand for food yeah, charities. I know, and um, I'm distributing it now. Right, amazing. Um, so I've been in touch with all the charities. There's three charities, yeah. so I'm splitting it three ways between them. Fair share, Trussell Trust. Uh, and I Magic know. Breakfast, yes. Magic Breakfast, that's it, brilliant. So I'm sort of, I had to phone my bank in advance. Really, <laughs> yeah. Don't, something don't magical. Panic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or don't have a party, basically. Yeah. It's or not staying there. Don't shut my account because you think I'm money laundering. Please. Yeah. I or just want to... Don't, don't change what you're giving out as bonuses this year. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just, just what I'm saying is, I know this is unusual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, you know, just, just don't panic. Please don't close Amazing. my account. Um, I will be then making large one-off donations to charity. So I had to phone Amazing. them and just basically alert them to it because it's such an unusual thing Fantastic. to happen. But no, it was quite amazing. And, and yeah. really, I felt bad that people were giving me any attention, to be honest, um, because I really did almost nothing. <laughs> I, I, I just woke up that morning um you know feeling angry and upset that the government the, had yeah, said the, no to um yeah to Marcus clarify. Rashford was, yeah it was earlier in November we were recording mm. and um Marcus Rashford had asked for an extension to the free school meals that they had extended for was it half term no yes no not half term um, they, they'd done it over Easter and the summer over holidays over Easter and summer oh, yes were... and he'd had to fight for them to do it over these summer holidays and then they yes. said no and then they U-turned quite quickly in the interim he got a, <laughs> did he get a knighthood and then <laughs> yeah. rightly so and then um, and then yes and then they said no no more of this and there'd been some awful talking heads hadn't there on on the news saying things like 
Oh, just the worst, the oh, most stupid, infuriating stuff. People about. spend vouchers, they'll just spend it on booze and fags and all of this nonsense for people that just have no, literally no idea how <sighs> the actual system even works, let alone yeah. what people do with it. Um, so sorry, so, you woke up that the morning of the saying, yeah. no, we won't do that, raging, right, rightfully just, raging. I just felt sick. I just, just mm. look at, you know, you just look at your own kids and you just think, I just can't bear the thought of just children actually just being hungry. This isn't mm. really... A political debate particularly and this is just a sort of fact that needs fixing um yeah. and um and i just felt actually just ill with it and, and and to be honest politically other than sort of being a bit shouty on twitter um from time to time I, i'm actually quite lazy to be honest i'm not a sort <laughs> of i mean I, I always vote and i do engage yeah. and i do sort of have a sense of what's going on but i am not i would never flatter myself that i'm some sort of campaigner or activist no, or anything like neither. that so what i'm trying to say is this taking this sort of action is unlike me <laughs> um, <clears throat> you know i like to sort of donate to things but i don't tend to sort of set things up and all of this sort of stuff yeah. but that morning i just felt like no i just cannot do yeah. nothing. I just feel ill. I, I mean, is there anything I could do that's even vaguely useful? Yeah. That's actual practical. And, and I just thought, I, and then I thought, what I'd really like to do, if it's just me now, is give some money to some sort of easy, quick fund that I can just mm-hmm. put some money there and know that it's going to go to some of the places that are going to help people. Yeah. And then I looked around and I thought, is there something like that? Well, if there is, I don't quite know of it. Then I tweeted, oh, maybe Marcus Rashford could set this up. And then I thought, no, I think Marcus Rashford's probably quite busy this morning. <laughs> um, and so I just suddenly thought, well, I'll set it up then. Yeah. If I feel like this, that I would just like to know of a place that I could just put some money towards. Yeah. Um, would go, yeah, well, you don't yeah. even have to choose, actually, between, yeah, like... Yeah, you know, any of those research three, it too I mean, much yeah. or just sort of hopefully yeah. trust that it's going to go to somewhere that's going to help. And then I bet there are other people who are waking up this morning feeling like this. Absolutely. So if I just, I already had a GoFundMe account, as many, many people right. do. Yeah. And so I just very quickly just thought, I'll put this out there. You know, I'll put some money into it myself to get it going. And then if I could just raise a couple of grand, that's got to help. Mm. Like, you know, anything yeah. is going to help. Um, if, and so I sort of tentatively set the first thing at 10,000. Just thinking, God, if we get anywhere near that, I'd be thrilled. Yeah. Uh, we were through that in a couple of hours. Wow. Uh, it, it restores to, your faith in humanity, doesn't it? And, 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 and in, in a sense really shows how, how deeply off the fucking centre of the nation <laughs> yes. that government decision was. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, yeah. that's, that's not just people... That pace, that's not just people who've, who've got a, a ton of spare cash. No, that's pe- no, that's, people were that's giving people, £5, pounds, yeah, £10, yeah. you know. The larger donations were not not very many, you know, um, and they were great wow. when they came in, but it was the bulk of it was £5, £10, £20. Pounds. Um, and I, this is why I was just saying, you know, I don't, I really shunned any attention about this yeah. directed on me, particularly because I wanted, I thought it was best to keep it on Marcus Rashford, but also because I just thought literally that GoFundMe page took 15 minutes to set up. Right. And I just tweeted the link and people just went for it. I tweeted little reminders every now and again, but really people out wow. there did it. Just people who woke up that morning and felt like me and just thought, I just yeah. wish there was somewhere I could just quickly just put 20 quid that I've got. Um, and, and, and yeah, we were, it was at a hundred grand less than a week. Um, and so, yeah, I, 
it really made me feel much ha- much happier <laughs> about yeah. the you know the state of things just just for that short while just to see that happen and really well, like i say just very very little input for me all i did was just say here's a place if you feel like me do it and people just did and yeah it was a really but you did nice I mean, like you say though there's 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 a there was a cleverness to what you did in the sense that you got people do you make, took people's to sit lots of sort of admin the stress of admin off people's uh, and also you've used your profile very kindly and brilliantly and i think that's um so don't do yourself a total disservice oh no don't privately me. privately i think i'm marvelous jess i, just <laughs> I know that it pays yes. to at least appear to be humble <laughs> um no thank you for that thank you because often i use the, my uh in my twitter just to be silly or slightly yeah. rude about members of the government or tweet relatively inconsequential things so yeah i suppose it did it was a nice moment thinking well, I guess I could every now and again boost something. So that was nice. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> um, I want to talk about, so, that, I mean, I want to talk about, obviously, all things eating generally, but you uh, have been, I mean, you've written novels. So that's, I've not... One novel. I've, novel. One novel. One novel. I'd like to, I'd like but to more write than one more book. novels. More than one book. That is true. Three books. Um, and I have spoken to lots of comedians and actors and chefs and a few politicians, uh, a few sports people and stuff like that. But I haven't spoken to that many people who've written whole books. I find the idea of it terrifying, as terrifying as running a marathon. And that's something I'll never do, but maybe we'll never do it. But I, I wonder how something, a task that enormous and sedentary affects your eating. I know when I'm writing something long and narrative for screen, that there, that that part of the adrenaline of it, make when it's working and it's coming out of you, makes me um, drink loads and sometimes just kind of constantly peckish. In that yes. way, that doesn't make any sense because adrenaline normally makes me slightly less appetitey. And mm-hmm. I wondered whether writing something massive affects your eating or not at all, or does it give you more regularity, or do you use eating for breaks? Or, yeah, that's what I'm interested in, first of all. Yeah, it, it does affect my eating. And I think it, uh, overall, I probably eat less when I'm working well on something and I'm in a kind of flow and I'm quite concentrated because I simply mm. just don't notice anything when I'm in that state at all, let oh, alone whether right. I'm hungry or not. Although I sort of have this weird way of almost the signing periods in the day when I'm going to try to make that happen. Right. So I can still so often schedule it around lunch. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but no, I, I tend to, if I'm really going hard on something and, and hoping to spend, you know, quite a few hours of the day, like really doing focused writing, mm. um, which is that sort of in flow state where you lose track of time and you don't really know what, you know, and it is quite mentally exhausting and you're right. You do end up after some of those days feeling a bit oddly empty or even a bit yeah. bereft. And also I find my head is spinning so crazy after one of those days when I finally come out, it's like I've been holding my breath underwater. Um, 
and you kind of burst out through the surface and you do often just want to reach for a drink mm. um, just to calm everything down a little bit yeah, as you yeah, re-enter yeah. normal life. I um, suppose it's like just coming off stage actually a little bit. Yes, a little bit. does feel like that a little bit. Um, but no, usually often in the day I will have a sort of, like I say, egg and toast in the morning and a cup yeah. of tea and some coffee. And then I like to just have a cheese sandwich for lunch, a cheese and crisp sandwich. I like really basic lunches, like almost like nice. past lunches, mm. like, you know, some cheese and an apple and then and then my danger zone after I've had a big flow day is reaching for a drink and um, a bowl of crisps afterwards and then I kind of get this sort of slightly gaping feeling inside and I think it's partly like I say because you've been in such a deep state of concentration your body's just lashing off it a little bit but yeah it is a bit like coming off stage and just wanting to grab something high fat and you know there's a sort of weird hunger that comes yes, it's when, an animal, when you're, isn't it? Mm. Also, sometimes that doesn't hit me until I get that, you know, even without <laughs> without having had a day <laughs> of focusing. <laughs> even after a large <laughs> Just the other day, and I get really annoyed with myself because once my body has realised how hungry I am, and I personally don't particularly believe in emotional hunger versus bodily hunger but I think hunger's fucking hunger right mm. it, and when it's screaming it's screaming for me anyway um but once your body's re- clocked it I mean I get it sometimes on this podcast where I'm like oh shit I'm not gonna be able to talk for a bit and it's a podcast <laughs> yeah. but the other night I um I was cooking dinner and I was cooking a dinner I was sort of proud of and I was putting a lot of love into and I was just doing the finishing touches having spent various little patches of the day <laughs> fiddling you know really putting a lot into this and um you know a bowl of crisps arrived on the table and it was I couldn't fu- I couldn't fucking stop mm. um, luckily I was so hungry I still ate all my dinner and really enjoyed it yes. <laughs> so it's um, not yes. a sad it's not a sad end to my story but no, I, I no. get what you mean it's not just that yet, like anyway. uh, 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 that kind of motor yeah <laughs> yeah not yet <laughs> Um, yes, and I get that particularly with salty stuff too, and um, that sort of feeling of like, oh, I might be able to. I, I don't think I've ever reached my natural limit with crisps. No, I've always made myself oh, stop, no. and I've sometimes been curious to know just how many crisps I could eat mm. before. Yeah, uh, before I, you know, so crisps are my major downfall. I can, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good and healthy, and can roughly take or leave other things. But I yeah. honestly think sometimes that maybe up to seventy or eighty percent of my calorific intake on some days is just crisps and alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, that is something I have been. It's just so. It's sort of anomalous to the rest of my eating which is actually sort of full yeah. of you know green leafy vegetables and all of that yeah. sort of <laughs> nonsense you know sauerkraut and kimchi and all those yeah and lovely. then suddenly it's like oh no but here's some alcohol and some crisps <laughs> yeah but Just you can't like, there's no I there's no moral issue with this like it's who no. gives a shit like ultimately that it's funny isn't it that there'll be who like the lots of people talk about having a second tummy for pudding or you yes. know <laughs> sugar and um, but actually, whatever it is that makes your dopamine, what gives your brain a big shot of dopamine yeah, and makes you yeah. go like, whoa, I'm going to bring you joy or I'm going to help you feel a bit less of that emotion or uh, mm-hmm. it's feeling some kind of gap, some kind of hunger being met. Then, um, yeah, I hear you, crisps and booze. Absolutely. Yes. It does feel like a very sort of comedian's choice as well. I know. Two things, I know. doesn't it? Throw in a sausage roll and I'll do anything. <gasps> yeah. I am, um, but I have noticed, I mean, you know, through my 20s, 
I felt invincible whatever I ate or drank and I think a lot of people do that's not anything new or original to say I was pretty fit I was exercising a lot through my 30s I sort of got away with it Um, (laughs) now I'm approaching 42 although I I totally agree that there should not be guilty pleasure foods and all of that I really think that is destructive and, and people should just sort of enjoy themselves and I'm totally into pleasure around food being very important and all that stuff but also I'm just having a bit of a get real moment (laughs) you know where you do just start to feel actually looking ahead I want to feel good later in life and and I think it's I think it's probably the case that if you're going to make a few small adjustments should we say for the sake of your own future your early 40s is probably a good time to start looking at it so that's where I'm sort of at at the moment I'm not trying to give myself a hard time or anything I'm just trying to sort of notice a bit more and not just do any old thing I want yeah yeah (laughs) yeah get away with it do you know what I mean oh I hear you a hundred (laughs) percent I hear you and they're so funny isn't it like I think also that sounds like a lot of like I have a similar thing that's maybe not the same, but similar where I think I know when I'm sort of disconnected from what I'm eating and drinking Mm -hmm. and I don't, I don't particularly like that. I don't, I'd rather feel a bit more in control than that. I'd rather feel like even if I'm, you know, I don't, I don't mean I'm in control of, I don't know. I, I want to feel like it's a choice. Yeah. And that I'm, I am thinking about how whatever I'm eating or drinking is going to make me feel. Because that mm-hmm. is most of the time once you're a grown up. Yeah. Basically, that is. You know, you've got shit to do. You've got people dependent on you. Mm. Um, some of them still quite small and useless. Yeah. You kind of, and you know, and, and we are presumably both love our jobs. Mm-hmm. We want to, we don't want to phone it in. We want to be mm-hmm. there. For, so, And there is that thing of being like, well, then you have to be thoughtful about how you're going to feel tomorrow or in an hour if mm-hmm. I do this, I am um, pleasure, pain, balance. Really, yeah, I, also, yeah and, I agree. And I think two things about that too, is that I've really recently started to notice that it's nice to have things that are treats. Like yeah. it, it, it is like, that is nice. And just to sort of, mm. uh, and keep something back a little bit, but also I saw someone say something really good, which was just, it's not about limiting yourself or being guilty or any of that kind of stuff. It's just like, would you let your kid eat this? If your kid asked you for a, nut, a third bowl of crisps, would you say yes to your kid or would you say, no, that's not good for you, darling? Well, why don't you have an apple? And so why don't yeah. you just say that to yourself? That's all. Yeah. And so. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Or say that, to yourself, like, exactly talk to yourself like you talk to your kid. Like, no, your own you'll, child. you'll be sick. <laughs> yeah, like, you might be sick. And if you're not sick, sick, you'll, a bit later, you'll wish you'd been sick. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you'll feel like, yeah. And you'll, or you do, you, you can have it, but then have you got time for a nap? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I've honestly started talking to myself like that. Oh, oh, oh. A range of things, a range of things. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I found myself mentioning something about homework that I used to say to my stepdaughter, which was, the only way you can make it go away is to do it. Like, <laughs> when I've got writing work to do, and I've written yeah. this book recently about Mary Poppins, and now I find increasingly that I'm just talking to myself in Mary Poppins' voice to sort Lovely. of try and get myself to just pep up a bit or, or whatever. And um, sometimes it works. Yeah. Not always. But what's interesting is that if it doesn't work, I think, well, in that case, I really do need whatever it is. And just yeah. then just I'll let, my, let myself have it. And um, yeah. 
yeah you do like you say you just want to feel a bit dignified (laughs) (laughs) dignified about eating all the chip sticks with two hands I literally oh, just I've not had chipsticks for ages. Oh, Do you mean the ones sticks. that look like no, yeah, like the slightly kind of um maize aerated. Yeah. yeah. They're maize. They're, I love oh, a maize snack. God, it's Don't been you like too long? Maize based crisps, I think, are yeah. excellent. But yeah, they are full on that is a full salt and vinegar experience. Oh, so intense and oh, but it's mm. so good and almost sort of scratchy to the point where it hurts mm. a bit. Heavily. And then they go a bit mushy in the back of your mouth. I, I like that. I'm a wrong one mm. like that. I even don't mind. I actually, I, I even don't mind crisps or even crack, like the br- bigger crackers when they've gone a bit flimsy. Mm-hmm. Just from being in the air. Yeah. Or in a cupboard for a while. <laughs> mm. What about a four-way folded kettle chip? That's something to four behold. Four-way folded, because it's so old. Well, uh, no, just because it's that's what's happened in the cooking oh, process. Oh, I know exactly what you mean mm. with this you with just find a few intensity. They're like <gasps> they're like the the four leaf clover of the crisp world. You know, wow. sometimes you just look at them. You go, "I'm that. I'm having that." <laughs> no one else is going to go anywhere near that four way folded kettle chip. That's incredible. Yeah, I've never even thought about it. Do you know what? It's a crisp calzone, isn't it? Yeah. If you're a yeah. fan of fillings, with an extra and I am. sort of um, hit of salt in the middle. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah, right up my Strasser. Mm-hmm. Lovely. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Was there anything you didn't like as a child that you were fussy about as a child that you grew into liking or even loving? And was there a moment where you liked it that you remember? Yes, I remember two things about that, which were peanut butter and Stilton cheese. (laughs) Now, not together, um, although that might work. Might work. Um, Someone's tried it. Someone's tried it. Yes. Um, But I do remember, for some reason, and I remember the house we lived in at the time, so I, I can't have been more than seven, and I remember deciding on my own that I thought it was wrong I didn't like peanut butter um, and it would make me sort of shudder when I ate it with this sort of thing I thought no 
I'm going to train myself out of that. So I sort of kept, I do remember sort of making myself eat it until I liked it. And now I really like peanut butter. And I did the same thing with Stilton, but that was more to do with being a grown up and just eating little bits of Stilton off off some cheese that my dad had for lunch. But I remember thinking, no, I'm going to conquer this because I can see that this is a grown up thing to like. And, um, and so I'm just going to push through this. Now, I, I wouldn't say that I was a Stilton-loving child from that moment on. Um, <laughs> but the peanut butter thing, definitely, I got over that. Wow. Uh, for some reason, I don't know why, that really, really sort of occupied me for a while. That's amazing. <laughs> I've never heard anything like it. No, that is odd. That is odd. But no, I, I, I don't remember... I mean, perhaps my family will contradict me, but I don't particularly remember being a fussy eater as a kid. And I just sort of liked things and I liked trying things. And yeah. That's great though. Mm-hmm. I mean, lucky you, lucky your parents really, mm-hmm. I think, isn't it? It's, it's and an there's this whole touch. chunks of things that I've totally just blanked <laughs> Forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> apart from the fact that <laughs> parents listen going, apart from the fact you never ate anything purple, yellow, red or green for nine years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Threw every meal on the floor. Have you ever had a time in your life for any reason where you ate the same thing every single day? Oh, um, I quite often do that, actually. I have sort of quite, va- you know, like you said with the super noodles, I just yeah. sometimes I get a taste for something. Yeah. Um, when I first started out in comedy, though, I did essentially live on toasted cheese and pickle sandwiches. Mm. Um, and that's all I ate, really, for for quite a long time when I started doing live comedy. Um, not even, I mean, I was broke, but not like catastrophically broke where I couldn't mm. afford like, you know, a piece of chicken from time to time. I just got a sort of taste for it. And I think I sort of, and I think weirdly, for some reason I associate cheese sandwiches with working and things because I, like I said before, I've just literally made that connection just now. Cause I said earlier, didn't I, when I was having good writing days, I tended Mm -hmm. to want a cheese sandwich for lunch. It must just be some, perhaps there's some association with having packed lunch at school. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So you're in your work. Yeah. You're in your place of work. Yeah. And it's but, the closest thing when you're self-employed that you get, isn't it? Mm, but I was eating Memories. all hours then and I was gigging a lot, as we yeah. all do, and um, not really having breakfast. And I would I would just have two cheese and pickle sandwiches a day for quite a while, for, for really quite a while. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, so that was, um, it's That's not a classic funny. anecdote. but, uh, but No, it was I a like time it. When it's it a happened. random one. I love cheese and pickle sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. There's an M&S one. Which I don't eat. I very. I don't never eat meat, but I incredibly rarely eat meat now. But um, I don't know if they still do it. But I remember having a phase of well, the first time I tasted one, and then being like, "Oh shit!" And they have mm. that all the time. Was um, M and S do a cheese ham and pickle sandwich with yes. a little bit of that sort of spiky frond type lettuce yes. in it. I know exactly I know, the I one. Is, is there a bit of mayonnaise in there as well? Just something in there Probably. is making it more special. Than any other cheese, ham, and pickle sandwich I've ever had. Well, a, a little dab of mayonnaise with some pickle is actually rather a good thing. I know that purists yeah. won't agree, but mm. a, just a little bit of mix of mayonnaise through a bit of Branston pickle, I think, sets off a cheese sandwich very nicely. I'm all out of Branston pickle. Is that opinion. going on the list? Yeah. <laughs> yeah bloody list, Katie. <laughs> I didn't write it down, it won't happen. Also, a cheese and ham toasted sandwich oh. uh, with a bit of ketchup inside it with butter on the outside when you put it in the toaster, toasting machine, and mm. you'll pretty much come out with something 
that's yeah. perfect. I mean, I'll take a sandwich. I will literally eat a sandwich or a croissant any time of day or night if offered. I mean, oh, yeah. also the pret ham cheese and tomato croissants, they're pretty good. Have you had those? Oh, God. Do you mean the foldy ovary yeah, ones? The, like, the turnover thing. That was an obsession lethal. for me. That was a love affair. That was I a mean, quite sexy love affair. Yes. Oh, when I was temping, <laughs> I... Um, and which was for years, there were years where even the faintest hangover, even the faintest bit of daunt about the day ahead, mm -hmm. I'd get, it, it made me feel so nice for the duration of eating it. It's so salty, the bacony ham oh, that's in there with that. I mean, you look at oh, that. It's got you, everything. It has got literally everything. And the trouble is that you, you do realise that it literally does contain all the, all the nutrition that's recommended for an entire yeah. 24 hours. For an period. entire day. Definitely all the salt and fat, isn't it, that you but, need oh, for an entire they, day. They, they and, do something and even, very special to that. They do. I, and I'd be dressed as smartly as I will have ever dressed for anything on my way into those temp jobs. And I yeah. would eat it on the move. Yes, that's risky. Run, like juicy, burny hot tomato juice. Yeah, that's oh, risky. The first God. bite in is risky because you don't know it's where that tomato so, juice it? is going to go. But you, the first bite in is not even the best bite because you have to go. You generally have to go for that sort of pastry -y triangle mm. nubbin, the mm -hmm. tail. <laughs> and it's when you're getting to the really juicy and sidey bits with all the cheese and bacon and tomato that it's yeah. like oh, it's bursty. The dangerous part of the fun, maybe. It's your mention. It's quite. Per I mean, it is a, for me anyway. I mean, I love tomato. I love melted cheese. I love all that Italian cooking. Over the mm. course of lockdown, I have made parmigiana. Uh, so many times now that um, I've actually managed to get it to the point where I would almost pay for it, like my own Parmigiana. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's a lethal boast to make, and um, I don't want to ever really be tested on it. <laughs> 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 Having done MasterChef, you know, I know how things yeah, can yeah. unravel in the moment. What was but, that like? It was a lot of fun, although it was very yeah. hard work. And I yeah. have to say, I was slightly relieved to be eliminated right. uh, when I was, because you get a sheet telling you what's coming in the next round. And I, you just, these are, they're, they're quite full on, hard, often cold, uncomfortable days of just cooking. And yeah. I remember, I, so even so you got, to, And you do design your own menus. And oh, yes, you do. You're just given a brief. So basically the brief will be you're doing a starter and a main for this and this person. And then... Yeah. Right, or, or you'll be given this ingredient. Or they say a showstopper, yeah. or you get, yeah, it's, it's yeah. genuinely as it, there's no cheating. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's genuinely yeah. as it appears to be. Wow. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, um, I, I was pretty knackered because I was testing all my dishes all the time and testing all the timings at home and making, I made sort of th two course meal for four, three times in one Sunday. Once. <gasps> so you don't have to act like this, but I did. Yeah. But I, um, I woke up actually the, first, the night before I did the first day. I was still thinking, you know, I know a bit about cooking. I can cook things that I know how to cook. But, you know, I'm not a kind of, I don't have wide ranging skills as a chef or anything like that. I don't have kind of even some basic stuff. Um, and so I was I, in the bed. So I sort of tried, you know, I'd learned how to make pasta. I'd learned how to debone a chicken. Like I'd sort of wow. tried to just prepare a little bit. Yeah, I was lying in bed the night before the first day and I thought, I know that they're going to give us a surprise box tomorrow. And I suddenly, it was 2am. I hadn't been able to mm. sleep. I had to get up at six. And I suddenly thought, shellfish. I have no idea how to prepare any form of shellfish from scratch. If I was given some raw shellfish, I would not know what to do with it. I mean, I'm, 
so, and I got out of bed and I watched an hour's worth of YouTube videos about preparing shellfish from scratch. And when we got there in the morning, we were given this box and I could already see the very large tentacles of a spider crab hanging out of this <gasps> box. And I had actually watched at 3 a.m. that day, a video on YouTube of how to prepare a spider crab from scratch, right? And I'd already wow. learned how to make pasta. So I walked in there and I made my very first dish with a surprise box, a a spider crab ravioli from scratch. Wow! And I just thought, there is no way that I have anywhere to go from this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't need to sleep, actually. This, this, this is, is oh. the pinnacle. I've, I've pinnacled wow. in round one. Everything I do from now on is going to be a disappointment to them. I can see they think I have got promise, and I am not going to make good on that promise because Amazing. this is an absolute fluke. So after that, I just thought, I need to just pull myself together and learn some stuff and take this a bit seriously because otherwise... This is just going to be a very odd trajectory. <laughs> um, so I wrote, oh. I sort of worked quite hard on it after that, but then I was quite knackered and uh, I saw that the next round, would be, the task would be cooking a three course meal for 12 former Bond girls at the Grosvenor House Hotel. Fucking and I hell. just thought, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> to them but like <laughs> that is a lot of work See, that's what they yeah. call in the business a long walk for a short drink and I <laughs> and so even though I was sad to be eliminated before all that happened I also felt a sort of sense of relief yeah um, fine but yeah it was sense. it was it was fun it was um it was fun. But yeah, the, the Parmigiana thing, um, I have really enjoyed learning how to make and trying to get it better each time. And that combination mm. of just tomato, warm, you know, tomato sauce and melted cheese and a bit of fried aubergine and all of that stuff. Mm. I love all that Italian food that's just full of sunshine, you know, peppers yeah. and tomatoes. And you just sort of you feel like sunshine going into you. So, yeah. Yeah. It does everything, doesn't it? There's a, there's a seasonal universality to food like that mm. I think this because this it's like you say it's so full of sunshine but it's also so full of comfort yes it's just all things for all people at all times the great unifier have you it's learned that to cook- Madonna yeah. you were wrong <laughs> um have you learned to cook anything like particularly well that you're happy with over lockdown that you didn't really ooh, know how to make before? Lo- lovely question I um the fanciest thing I learned um and it was for a job, but it, my friend Brian, who did Bake Off a few years ago, taught me f- to make shoe pastry. Oh. I'm a bit of a pastry wuss. Oh. But I made some, like, I made the tubes for an eclair, for eclairs mm. and, um, and some of the round ones. And that's the sort of thing that I'd think, I'd, you know, that I never would have tried without being under supervision. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. No, I... What do you um, cook when you want to cook something really nice and comforting for your family? Is there a particular... So, yeah, I mean, I have... I get obsessed with different cooking books at different times. Mm. One thing I've done, uh, goulash with dumplings on top, oh, herby yeah. dumplings mm. on top. Um, and and trying... I've, I've done some work on my stews mm-hmm. so far. 
this mm. October, this this autumn and um, start of winter. So I, in my mind, a stew can it very easily just be sort of watery, just sort mm. of like a shit thin soup with bits of stuff in it. Yeah. So I really wanted to make goulash that I felt excited about and make it, it can't be too spicy. My kid's a bit of a spice wuss. Mm. Not a complete one, but like finding a way, it's mainly so far been achieved through Sweet paprika. Yes. Has well, that's been the good. saviour. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and then I suppose actually just making them really full of stuff, mm. not too liquid stuff. Keep the stuff to liquid ratios about right. Mm-hmm. Um, I For the first winter ever, I normally am. I knock up a soup a week and make that last. That's my lunch go-to thing. And I've not done it. And that feels like... One, I've had more time than I've ever had at home, obviously. Mm. But also it f- feels like a bit of self-care because I don't look forward to eating that. And I think a lot of eating enjoyment for me and my family is how excited we all get about what we're yeah, going to have I for agree. each future yeah. year. I think me more than anyone else. In fact, I'm, I'm very aware of how annoying I am for my partner because, <laughs> you know, there'll be times where we'll be in the middle of a conversation about something meaningful and I'll be like, <gasps> tomorrow. Shall we have? Or it's sometimes even next Tuesday. (laughs) Shall we have? Um, You know, and and I am annoying. But but so so actually, I was realised I wasn't looking forward to these soups. And as much as I'd be like, you know what, they taste all right actually. In the moment, it was never. I was like, what? My life is quite short, Mm -hmm. and I just it doesn't take much for me to get a lot more joy than that from meals. So I'm going to stop making a different brown but delicious soup. Yeah. every single week that everybody then just has to sort of get through. Yeah, there um, is a feeling sometimes, sometimes when you make soup from scratch like that that you have to, you're going to have to get through it. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's a survival thing. Yeah. I, I think as well, a lot of that came down to my ex who was with her a long time. It was one of the only ways to have, much like a kid, <laughs> to get him to consume like an, and he was like, please can you make a soup because it's the only way I'm going to have enough vegetables really probably. You know, and so I think it's that like, let's just get lots of vegetables in this all but actually now I'm in a house full of people who are eating lots of vegetables anyway and I don't need to do that so I've just stopped if anything I've learned to stop doing a thing and have you um that's good I think that's good have you felt have you felt a bit better for it like as in less anxious about the soup (laughs) like you had a pet or something that you did looking after yeah 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 it's nice it's really nice not to have too much soup this winter I, like, I particularly like the idea that you have yeah. um, consciously eliminated something that's considered extremely healthy from from your life. No, I <laughs> love it. That's a big win. I love it. Yeah. I feel like that's like a really subversive and good way to look at things. I'm, I can't bear it when people consider food virtuous or like, or only eat it or, or even say, well, they're eating this very virtuous. You don't think, I just, um, yeah, I don't know. You should just eat things that you like eating and enjoy them, whether that's yeah. a kind of really good healthy soup or a big cake I just don't want to hear yeah. about the virtue and also and I think in this business in acting and probably to a less extent with comedy but certainly in acting a lot of people that on set and things that you encounter are very very conscious and aware of what they're eating all the time and that's completely mm. understandable because you know the scrutiny that people and certain actresses particularly have to go yeah, through totally and physically and constantly commented on how they look and all that stuff but yeah. what you do find is when you have to look a certain way and maintain that level of size you really yeah. do have to restrict your food a lot 
And yes. therefore, I think athletes have it similarly as yes. well. It's the only two groups, I think, Ma- mainly women actors yes. <laughs> and some men ones and athletes. And you're Actresses like, okay, well, you've kind athletes. of... And, but, yeah, but they, it means that it's on your mind a lot, food, yeah. and so you're. And that's exhausting. Yeah, I mean that's a choice. You've obviously. I think those people. I'm no judgment. I think those people must have gone. Well, it's worth it because yeah. this is what I want to do so much. Or, or you know, and it probably is. I mean, you look at those. You think, God, yeah, you're hugely successful. But it's working. Whatever you're doing, it's just yeah. I don't want to talk about food this much. No, <laughs> like, I mean I like talking about food no, a lot, I mean, but I like, equally I don't I like want to be obsessed about with the it. Pleasure food i want yes. to talk about that i don't want to talk yes. about what i restricted because i was trying to be good or my the diet you had or the fact that you only ate a few carrots yesterday or like and, and you it's know tiresome that's and it. it's not healthy i mean it's not mentally healthy yeah. i don't think to be obsessive to be counting to be weighing to be caring that much mm. because i mean it boils down ultimately in my opinion to a the one of the greatest coups of the patriarchy ultimately to make women <laughs> consume so much of their time and energy mm-hmm. with with the time and energy it takes to stay in a body smaller than if you just relaxed and did what yeah. you wanted intuitively when it came to eating and to, to remove so much pleasure from so many women yes lives. i think that's the thing that's the that's the thing is that even if you limit your food a lot and you eat a very controlled diet because of your work and that's all totally fine but i just think Please, just it's just really nice to find some pleasure in eating something at some point because it is yeah. just such a fantastic pleasure to just sort of sit down to a, a nice plate of food that you've been anticipating and that you've made and it's turned out all right. And you, you take yeah. that first bite, whatever it is, whether it's a toasted sandwich or whatever, or my obsessive remaking of Parmigiana. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I worry I'm going to poison my family with aubergine skins. I actually Googled whether that was possible the other day. Whatever it is, you just want to go, oh, I just want this first bite to be. Mm. Yeah. Magic. Um, yeah. Yeah. Bring on that magic and, and a shame for people who've elected (laughs) or for whatever reason not having it (laughs) say scrum diddly umptious and then you can be in my podcast Trump election lost deniers are allowed to take over the curriculum of the whole of earth and within seconds toddlers have guns never learn to read vaccinations are outlawed and the death penalty is brought back for things like being outside on your period it's worse it's a worse burning hellscape than most humans can imagine but luckily this terrible decision will be reversed and undone but only if you and really it does have to be you okay to do the school run but not just for your own child or children but for all the children in Norfolk um, like a weird sort of one-off morning Santa but instead of presents you're delivering small humans to school thousands of them you've got to do it all within the window that they've got to be in there in time just to give whoever normally does it a break it sounds impossible but you do it you're the hero of all people for forever and ever and ever your reward in reality is the adulation of all people for all time for this incredible feat of humanity (laughs) but your reward in the moment is the feast of your dreams but bearing in mind because of everything that's just happened you are both the happiest and the hungriest you can imagine ever being Mm -hmm. so it's a fantasy feast nothing has to be possible and i certainly couldn't give a fuck about health environment anything consequently or ethical i would love to know if if nothing had any consequences it was just like it's the opposite of a last meal essentially i want you to be the happiest and hungriest you can imagine being mm-hmm. nothing weighing on your mind or shoulders um what would you eat drink and if there's a who with and where who with and where please right 
So with my husband, where is some sort of highly, highly luxurious, I mean, off the charts luxurious, but discreet and classy resort uh, where we have uh, a private table overlooking an unbelievable sunset over the sea. Um, I'm thinking sort of an Indian Ocean kind of vibe Um, where we would be served... um, martinis, vodka martinis uh, with a twist um, and perhaps a glass of vintage champagne to begin with a bit of sort of something like um, like a sort of sashimi with the sesame and lemon dressing, something like that, just to begin with. Um, and then we'd move on to something uh, that's essentially, I'm not going to dress it up with anything, something along the lines of deep fried prawns. <laughs> yes. Uh, or, but, but posh, you know, posh. Yeah, yeah, gambas gabardino yes, or something. Yes, with some yeah. fresh coriander on the side and um, mm. some wedges of lime and things like that. Um, and perhaps a little bowl of some sort of... Um, sort of uh, you know, faux-inspired soup, but more just the broth, the taste of nice. that. Nice. Um, then I would like um, a large uh, grilled steak done um, mm. rare, um, just with a very small handful of chips, uh, some mustard and some roasted tomatoes. Um, and with that, we would have a really nice glass um, of, of red wine. And I do tend to favour the French red wines. Um so something nice and deep and, and very expensive um, that sticks to the side of the glass. Uh, I'm not going to name any names because I'm not knowledgeable to do that. I just know what a good Maybe one like looks. Maybe like a Saint-Emilion or yes. a Chateauneuf-du-Pape. Yes, something, like something that. that sort of looks, you just know looking at it. It's a little bit brown and it sticks to the mm. side of the glass. That, in my yeah. mind, is the good wine. Um, yep. <laughs> or the off wine. <laughs> yes! Um, who knows? Yeah, who not knows? me. Uh, so that was, and then we would have a chocolate mousse for pudding because uh, chocolate mm. mousse is the queen of pu- queen of all puddings. Um, yes. And maybe, you know, if we were hungry after an hour or two. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. A sliver of blue cheese. Yes. Um, you love it now. Yep. Yeah. And um, that's what I would have. It sounds incredible. If you cost it all that like something up, out of an actual dream. It is, I think, my actual dream. I've we're just not, described my actual dream. A- yeah, and on all you could get all that, you know, so you can get all that really easily just for just maybe yeah. seven or eight grand. <laughs> <laughs> get back on the old GoFundMe. Yeah, my you've got another fifteen minutes, <laughs> this, and this dreams can come me, true. This one's for <laughs> <This> me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Marcus Rashford. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is been all so that, I would joyful. just have a, a crispy bacon sandwich on Warburton's white bread with butter and some ketchup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If none of and that's crisps, available. And a bowl of crisps? And a bowl of crisps. Mm, and a bowl of crisps. Right. A bowl of crisps. A bowl of chip sticks just for in the back of your mouth. Um, but no, I would like, I, yeah, all of that. I, li- I like, you know, yeah. I can't really pretend to be a, a sort of indie festival type, really. I, I, I can't afford yeah. luxury, but I still like it. Yeah. Heaven. Glorious. Thank you so much for doing this. You're amazing. My pleasure. Mm, Yum in my tongue. Oh, what a magical guest. So much good shit in there. If you're not already, make sure to follow Katie on social media. At Katie F Brand. That's Katie with a Y.
she has a book that's out. It's called Practically Perfect, and it's a book of life lessons from Mary Poppins. Uh, yes, please. Props get one for yourself and one for someone for Christmas, I reckon. Yeah, cool. Want a tryout box? You can get a tenner off your first box using a link in my podcast notes or in my bio on Twitter if you're following at the Hoovering Pod. It makes it only a few quid for your first box. Feel free to support the podcast with lovely reviews and recommendations or with cold hard money on either ACAS supporter or over on Patreon. Links for everything I've mentioned there, including everything that Katie and I mentioned in this podcast, right down to that article by Grace Dent, are all, in, as ever, in the podcast notes that should be alongside the podcast wherever you downloaded it from. Follow me on social media if you like, at Jessica Foster Q. You can go to my website if you want to send me anything longer than a tweet or look up my rescheduled 2021 tour dates. That's jessicafosterq.com. Huge thanks to ACAST for hosting the podcast. Hoovering is produced by Emma Corsham and the music is by Mike Greenway. Until next week, happy hoovering. 